Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Good Sunday morning. I am so glad that you are watching. I hope you have your family there with you or those that are in your household joining together in this time, this you know, strange time we're in right now with us not getting to meet physically here at our church. But today is going to be a great word of God for you. Today, our word is going to conclude the fifth lesson in a five-series lesson on Jesus the Healer. We're in this series in five days of the life of Christ, five days in the life of Jesus Christ. We have looked at so far things that he did in order to bring us to a point where we will believe in and believe for and also do the things that we are responsible to take care of in our own lives to promote healing and health. And there are only two things necessary to pass any test in life. Just two things, no matter what the test is, just two things necessary to pass the test. Number one is, is that we actually know the right answer. But you know, you can know the right answer and still sit there and fail the test because you didn't write the answer down. Two things are necessary. Number one, that we know the right answer. And number two, that we apply that answer to the test in life. That's very important. And today it's no different. You know, the longer I live, the more I realize that I don't know very much. You know, I really don't. And sometimes what I thought I knew, you know, my opinion, my suspicion, my theory, you know, or my desire, you know, it ends up that something happens and all of a sudden that, you know, it changes a little bit. But I, about the time I think I have it all figured out, some surprise will come up, you know, and, and uh, you know, just completely, um, you know, destroy all my opinions and all my theories and everything. You know, that happens in life but not so with the Word of God. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, the Word of the living God, is the same today as He was yesterday and will be forever. forever. He is a forever settled Lord and Savior, and His Word is true. You can depend on the Word of God. When you can't depend on anything else, you can depend on the Word of God. Even when life offers us surprises, because what is a surprise to us is often a plan to God. Even though He may not have caused it or purposed it, nonetheless, if you'll give it to Him, He can make the most out of it. The Bible says that all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose. We know that God is working on our behalf. And just as the Word says, God is perfecting that which concerns me. In times of crisis or times of difficulty, test, trial, tribulation, trauma, I have learned to... Make sure that I stand on the solid Word of God, that I default to God's Word. Sometimes when I'm seeking answers or perhaps something is happening and I'm not sure exactly what's going on, there are some defaults that I can always go back to. You see, in every situation of life, there is always something I can do to please God. And it's going to involve believing Him and applying what I believe to my life. Those are the two things necessary to pass every test. Remember, knowing the right answer and applying that answer to life. In every situation, there's always something I can do to please God, and it will involve knowing the right answer 
and making application of that answer. Don't forget those two things. That will be critical in just a moment. How do we find the right answer? We find the right answer by going to the Word of God, especially in fluid times, in times whenever our doctrine is being tested, in times whenever we're going through trouble or pressure, in times when we are facing sickness and disease or some infirmity of life. And that's what we're talking about today. What do we do when sickness or disease or infirmity, when mental oppression, whenever a dip depression, whenever the problems of life attack us and begin to deteriorate our quality of life? What do we do? Well, number one, we go to the Word of God for answers. But until we find those answers, until we are satisfied that we have received a word from God, because one word from God changes everything, but until we are satisfied that we have received that word from God, something we can stand in faith on, something we can have peace with, something that brings the peace of God to our minds, to our hearts, to our lives, until we get victory in a situation, you know, we may not get victory over a situation, until we have received that peace of God that passes all understanding, there are some defaults that we can apply to our lives. Today, if there's sickness in your body or if there's some concern of life that seems bigger than, you know, something that you can handle, don't despair. Put some defaults in your life. What are some defaults? Well, we must always realize that God is good and He has a good plan for our life. That He will never leave us and never forsake us. That He will never leave us in a bad moment. He won't leave us in a hole. You know, Jesus understood something. He trusted in something. He believed what the Word of God said about Him. What the psalmist had written, that you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer my flesh to see corruption. Jesus believed that. He counted on it. He banked on it. And it gave him courage to go through some difficult times and to face some difficult situations, knowing that he was going to come out on the other side okay. And that's what we also must believe. We need to have some defaults in our life that when we're searching for the specific will of God, for our specific circumstance, for our situation of life, that we stand upon the solid word, upon the absolute word, which is always going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. When we agree with God, when we believe God, and when we can fall no farther than the foundation of truth that God has established, then we will produce the fruits of the Spirit in our life, even in a difficult situation. We will produce love and joy and peace and, and, and patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. These are the attributes of God that we produce in our lives when we are trusting on and relying on the Spirit of God and when we're spiritually growing. Let me encourage you, don't fall any farther down than the solid Word of God while you are figuring out and working with God and finding a way to apply His Word and to receive His promises in your life. The Bible only tells one story. You know, no scripture is of any private interpretation. The Bible only tells one story, and it is the story of redemption. And unless and until what you are believing about God leads you and others to redemption, then you are not interpreting that word correctly. It's important that we realize that God's word is good. 
And based upon that, there are a few things we also need to realize. There is an old covenant and there's a new covenant. Now, God was very plain about that. Jesus was very plain. The writers of the New Testament, very, very, very plain about this. There's an old will and covenant and testament. We call it the Old Testament. And there is a new will and testament. There is a new covenant. The new covenant which we live under, every born-again believer lives under the new covenant of Jesus Christ, the new will and testament paid for by the blood of Jesus. And in this new covenant, in this new testament, never one time in this new testament did we see Jesus making someone sick or giving someone cancer or, or you know, breaking a leg or doing anything else to anyone that was going to cause them harm and pain. It's not in this new covenant. It's not in this new testament. You know, you have to search hard to find uh, you know, a reason why you would imagine that a good father, and you can't find one, that a good father would put pain and turmoil uh, you know, in someone's life on purpose. Jesus is not going around, and he didn't go around in this new covenant showing us the Father. He never went around putting sickness and disease on people, trying to teach them a lesson or get them closer to God. It just doesn't happen, okay? God takes better care of his children than that. The one picture that God is painting includes redemption, includes healing, includes salvation, includes forgiveness, okay? God is a good God, and we must believe that. That figured into our first lesson in this healing series, that it is the will of God. Healing and health is the will of God for His children. That's absolute. It's absolute. We must believe in something before we believe for it. And if someone believes that it's God's will for them to be sick, why in the world would they try to change that? Why would they even go to a doctor? If you believe that God had put something on you in order to teach you something, then why don't you just learn it, okay? But don't be fighting against God. That, that is ludicrous, that God would want to hurt one of his children. Which one of us as a parent would hurt our child like that? And God's much better than we are. Number one, Let's remember, it is the will of God. Health and healing is the will of God for His children. Anything we see as a reality in eternity, anything, when we look into eternity, anything we see as a reality in eternity ought also to become a part of our hope in this life. Number two, the second thing we learned is the importance of repentance. You see, repentance cleans our lives and it positions us to receive from God. We do not believe that people who are sick are in some personal sin. We don't believe that that is the reason for sickness and disease and infirmity. That's not a good doctrine. That's a bad doctrine. However, if you are sick, if you have a problem, whatever problem you may have, if you are not living your best life, if God is not blessing you and, 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 and you know, uh, if you if, if you are not in the midst of walking in the blessings of God, then of course you should check your life because we cannot expect to live in sin and still receive the blessings of God. That's a reality. We can't live in sin and expect God to bless us. The third thing we learned in this healing series is that we have power over spirits of infirmity. 
Not every time, but sometimes the reason why people are sick is because there is a spirit of infirmity. You might say, preacher, that sounds a little spooky. Well, don't make it spooky, but realize that the devil did not die and he's not dormant. He would love for you to believe that he is in no way interested or involved in your life or in your affairs, but that would not be true. Sometimes the Bible teaches we have to take authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Sometimes, the Bible says, it's the devil who is trying his best to devour us. And what are we told to do? We are commanded, we are told to resist and rebuke the devil steadfast in faith. That means that we have faith that when the devil is bothering us, when the devil is the source of our problems that we can stand up and rebuke him in the name of Jesus and he has to leave us alone, okay? Now, you can go back in these series and watch number one, number two, number three, number four, and you can catch up on this. Number four, the fourth one, we talked about how your faith can make you whole. You see, what you believe makes a difference. We think what we think, we feel what we feel, and we want what we want because we believe what we believe. But we do what we do and we get what we get because we choose what we choose. Back to the two things it takes to pass any test. Number one, know the right answer. Number two, apply that answer to life. Okay? We must believe the right thing. If we don't believe the right thing, if we don't believe God's Word, then if we're not watchful, we will think and feel and want something that is not the will, is not God's best. So stick with me here on this, okay? We think what we think, we feel what we feel, we want what we want because we believe what we believe. Okay? What do you believe? Do you believe it is the will of God to heal you? Do you also believe that you have a personal responsibility to repent of your sins, to position you in a place to receive God's blessing without interference, without you being the cause of your problem? Number three, do you believe that God has given you authority over serpents and scorpions, over all the demons and devil and devils, and nothing shall by any means harm you, that you can cast out devils? Do you have faith that one touch from the master will change everything? Okay, these are important. Many times in the Word of God, the Bible says that people came to hear and to be healed of their diseases. They came to hear Jesus and to be healed of their infirmities. You know, what we hear, what we say, and what we do will make a difference and will decide our future. Well, with those things in mind, now let's move on to lesson number five. Lesson number five is entitled, So What? Jesus the Healer, Five days in the life of Christ, so what? <laughs> so what? Well, go with me on just a little imagination journey, if you will. Think with me for just a moment. Imagine with me that everything that we have said so far, everything that we have concluded, everything that I have concluded from my 40 years 
of attentive study of God's Word, from my 40 years of pastoral experience, standing with family after family, individual after individual, through sickness, disease, divorce, trauma, you know, through the good days, through the bad days, through difficult times, from all of this experience, from everything that we have taught so far in these series, imagine with me that everything that I have told you today is true. Just imagine, what if, what if, what if it is the will of God to heal you? Just imagine with me. What if, you know, your repentance made a big difference in the blessings flowing to your life? What if, what if you had authority over the devil and could make him leave you alone? What if, you know, what if, what you believed, what if your faith made the difference? Wow. What if, just imagine with me, you know, what if all this was true? So what? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. If, if everything that we have concluded in this series is true, I would want to tell somebody about it. If it is the will of God to heal, I would want to tell somebody you know, if, if, if repentance did make a difference, I would want to tell somebody that, you know, maybe you need to get right with God, you know? What if? What if I had authority over demons and devils? What if? Well, if that's true, I would want to tell somebody. What if? What if what I believed made a difference in what I received? I would want to tell somebody. That's so what? Well, wouldn't you know it? That is exactly what Jesus said. After his resurrection, just before he ascended up into heaven, that's the very thing he said to us because he knew it was all true. And that brings us to our scriptures for today in Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 15. Jesus been crucified, dead, buried. He had, he had walked with his disciples for three and a half years. They watched him. They listened to him. They saw everything he did. And then they saw him crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected on the third day. And then he has spent 40 days with them, giving them you know, evidence of the resurrection and of the power that had been given to him. And then in verse 15 of chapter 16, he's just about to be received up into heaven where he's going to sit down and intercede for us so that we can do the work that he has called us to do. This is what he says in verse 15. And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news. Go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature, to every person. Wow, listen now. This is what Jesus said. He believed all of this was true. And what did he want us to do? So what if it's true? He said, well, I'm telling you, this is true. I'm alive, okay? I have been raised from the dead, and everything I've told you is the truth, you know? And, and, and you have power, you know, you know, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, and cast out devils. This is all true, and this is what I want you to do about it. I want you to go into all the world, and I want you to tell this good news to everybody. And on top of that, verse 16, he who believes and is baptized, he who gets all in will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. 
In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. You know, everything written in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20, is verified throughout the word of God over and over. The scriptures confirm in this new covenant by these words and by the actions and by the blood of Jesus Christ that everything written here is true. These are our instructions. These instructions are in concert with the one story that God is telling. It's important that we realize that these parting words are solid defaults of sustained biblical truth. We should go into all the world. We should tell everyone this good news. If we believe that Jesus Christ can save us from sin, forgive us, and if we can be born again and blessed by our faith, by our repentance, by you know, having authority over demons and devils and spirits of infirmities, if we believe this, then this ought to be the things we are telling others. It's important to realize this good news, this gospel, is the power of God unto salvation. So what should we do? The Bible says these signs follow them that believe. Now, remember, you know, signs follow believers. Believers don't follow signs. What signs follow believers? Number one, they cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Number two, they speak with languages unknown and unlearned that cut to the heart of men's souls. Number three, they have power over serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And number four, nothing shall by any means hurt them. And number five, they will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. That's the truth. So what? So Jesus. Jesus gave them instructions. Jesus told them to believe him then he went to heaven, he sat down, and they went forward. Now, listen, it wasn't the other way around. They didn't hear, sit down, do nothing, and expect him to go into all the world. He sat down. After he gave instructions, he sat down. They went forward, and he worked with them, confirming the word with signs following. Believe me when I tell you, you have the power of God in your life as a born-again Christian. Now, if you have not been born again, right now you can ask Jesus into your heart, into your life. Simply tell him, Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I call upon you. Save me, Jesus. Save my soul. Take me to heaven when I die. Teach me today what I need to do. 
Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And if you have been born again, you have a responsibility to go into all the world and tell everyone the good news. What's the good news? It's the will of God to bless you. Don't be stopping up the blessings by living in sin. Don't put up with the devil robbing you, but stand up and rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And realize what you believe and what you do makes a difference. Believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and then tell everyone the good news. God bless you. Today is your day.